In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. A blessed Palm Sunday to all of you. I think in long days like this, I should take a break and sit down and all of you stand for the sermon. <laughs> I just want to reverse it for once and see how it goes. <laughs> but then, uh, I think standing kind of keeps me in check. Once I get tired, I know it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> but we'll be brief. I know it's a long day share a few uh, reflections with you about this wonderful day. We see that the people welcome Christ today saying, Hosanna, that means save us. And this is a sort of statement that you would say whenever a king is coming to enter into his kingdom. This is a sort of statement that you would say to someone that you put your hope and your faith into. Right? It's not like you would say this to a little child. Right? They're putting their hope in Him. But ironically, in a few days, five days from now, the very same people that are saying, Save us, the Son of David, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna to the King of Israel, are going to be saying, Crucify Him, crucify Him. And it's strange, like all of a sudden there's a change of heart. And it's from one extreme to the other. A complete change. And you wonder why. Why is it that they're saying, Hosanna, one day, a few days later, they're saying, crucify him. And it seems like these people had the wrong expectations from Christ and what he was set on his mission to bring them. They were looking for an earthly king. Of course, they were oppressed by the Romans, and they needed liberation, they needed freedom from this oppression. And so they were looking for somebody to liberate them from these earthly troubles and matters that oppressed them. And then Christ comes and tells them, my kingdom is not of this world. Oh, but what about the Romans? What about the taxes and Caesar and this and that? No, I'm going to be crucified for you. I'm not here to overthrow the Roman Empire. All right then, crucify him. We don't want this king. This is no king of ours. And because they had the wrong expectations... They were disappointed. And I would have to say that in our walk with Christ, we fall into this trap sometimes where the devil gives us the wrong expectations. He kind of tempts us with this thought that, hey, you should expect this thing, whereas we know Christianity is an entirely different thing. There was a monk as um, he was struggling with his spiritual discipline and struggling with um, that spiritual fight in his monastic life. He said, this is too much. I'm, I'm tired of this struggle here. This is not what I expected whenever I came to the monastery. So he started to pack up his bags and to, to head out to go back to the world. And as soon as he was putting his sandals on, he saw another man on the side putting his sandals on and packing up his bags too. So he says, what are you doing? <laughs> he responds, says, I'm following you because you're packing up and heading out. I'm packing up and heading out with you. And this was actually the devil. And God had revealed to him that don't expect that there's a place of an escape. Don't expect that there's a sort of Christianity without a cross. And if you're not struggling here, you'll be struggling here. So a lot of times, when we have these wrong expectations, we set ourselves up for disappointments. And I'm telling you, 
by the end of this, this week, these people were totally disappointed. And there's no one to blame but them. They had the wrong expectations. Christ didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. He came to give us eternal life. Not to remove the cross, but to give us strength and grace during the struggle, while we're carrying our cross. There was a man that went to St. Anthony and just asked him to pray for him because he couldn't bear to tolerate all of the struggles in his life. So like he says, St. Anthony, I need you to pray for me. And because God had given St. Anthony clairvoyance to see the spiritual matters and people that would come to him, he knew that this man wasn't praying or struggling in his own life. So he said, I can't pray for you if you're not praying for yourself. I can't pray for you if you're not praying for yourself. And so this man expected that he would just go to this big elder, the saint, and put the matter in his hands. He can pray for me, and I'm all set, right? And a lot of times we think, I'm just going to go to Abuna. I'm going to do this, ask him for prayers. I'm going to just go to church, put my tithes, and take care of it. I don't need to actually work and struggle. I don't need to actually stand and pray and serve and deal with all of the troubles in my life. And if we're not expecting to struggle, I'm telling you, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. And this, this day, as joyful as it is, it's the start of a week of suffering. It's the start of a week towards the cross, a week towards His own death. It's better that we have no expectations at all than to have the wrong expectations, right? And I remember when we were going to Kenya for our missionary trip, and a lot of people were excited, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we're expecting to have this sort of service or that sort of service. All of the servants who were guiding us said, listen, if you have all these expectations, you're going to be miserable over there. Forget about every single expectation that you have. Be an open vessel. Let God just direct you. Because if you're expecting to do this, you're expecting to do this, you're expecting to do that, and then God says, no, 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 I have a better way for you, I have something different for you, I want you to struggle here. You're not going to like it, because you're set on a different path. Do we expect that Christianity is a path to the cross? Do we really expect that? And I'm not saying this in a theoretical sense or just generically, But do we really expect that we will suffer and we will die with Christ? A lot of times we say, yes, I expect to be a Christian. Where is this road leading to? Like when Christ entered into Jerusalem this week, what was he expecting? Just to have some arguments and to check the Pharisees, put them in their place and say, halas, I'm done, the battle's over? No, he was expecting to suffer, to die. Are we expecting to struggle in our spiritual life? A lot of times, we open up our Bible, we read the first verse or two, and we're like, oh, this is a struggle. (laughs) I can't get through this chapter. We stand up to pray. As soon as we open up our Agbeya, the spiritual warfare starts. Our thoughts are just roaming all over the place. We say, this is a struggle. Uh, I didn't sign up for this. And I have news for all of you today. You and I signed up for the cross the moment 
we decided to be Christians. We signed up for our own crucifixion. And if we don't really come to terms with that, I'm telling you, every struggle is going to be bitter. Every struggle is going to be met with resistance. St. Nikolai talks about what it actually means to bear our cross, what it actually means to be crucified with Christ, what we should actually expect. So he asks, what does it mean to take up your cross? It means the willingness to accept from the hands of God every means of healing, bitter though it may be, that is offered to us. Do great catastrophes fall on you? Be obedient to God's will as Noah was. Is sacrifice demanded of you? Give yourself into God's hands with the same faith as Abraham had when he went to sacrifice his son. Is your property ruined? Do your children die suddenly? Suffer it all with patience, cleaving to God in your heart as Job did. Remember, Job lost everything. His house, his job, his children, every one of his family members, and God left him a bitter, nagging wife on top of all that. And so he says, if God sends you this cross in one form or another, embrace it. He asks, do your friends forsake you and, find, and do you find yourself surrounded by enemies? Bear it all without grumbling and with faith that God's help is at hand as the apostles did. Again, I'm asking you, what do you actually expect from your life with Christ? And it's as, it's as absurd to expect Christianity to be just a path of luxury as someone would expect to get on the 405 North and end up in LA. Or like, what would you say if somebody is talking on the phone, like, hey, I'm on my way to Bakersfield. I'm driving on the 405 South right now. I'm going to get there, trust me. That's, that's how absurd we sound whenever we expect Christianity to be just a red carpet, flower petals and roses, everybody's praising us. It's a path of suffering. It's a path of enduring bitterness. It's a path of forgiving the people who oppress us and offend us. It's a path of praying. It's a path of reading the scriptures while we're tired, while we're exhausted and it's boring and we're confused and we continue to struggle just as Jacob struggled. Remember, Jacob set his family off to the side and he knew that he was going to have a real wrestling match. And he wrestled with God to the extent that he was wrestling from day until the break of dawn. And then what happens at the end? The man who's wrestling with him, obviously this is Christ, he couldn't overpower him. So he breaks his hip. So now Jacob is wrestling, sitting there wrestling with a broken hip. And this man who's Christ tells him, Leave me alone. You've got to let me go. We're, we're done. I don't, I don't want to wrestle. He says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Are we willing to wrestle? Are we willing to sacrifice our time? Are we willing to set aside the distractions in our life? And I'm telling you, it's a struggle. It's bitter, but only at first. Because what does this road lead to? As we're going through the cross, there is also joy and comfort. And we experience the joy of the resurrection. Father Bishoy Kamil says, a soul without a cross is a bride without a groom. 
I want to make one thing clear today, that if we are to walk with Christ, we are to expect the cross. And not in this theoretical sense, in this generic sense, but to really expect that we will bear the insults of this world, that we will have to struggle, we will have to forgive our enemies, we will have to love those who insult us, we will have to pray for the people who offend us, we'll have to stand during long services, we'll have to bear the noise of children with joy and not bitterness. And I I know throughout these long services, there's a lot going on, but to actually struggle and keep our minds focused on prayer. If you're expecting to walk into church and throughout the service, there's going to be a red carpet for you to be in perfect prayer, you're fooling yourself. So I'll leave you with this final story. My cousin came from Egypt a few years ago, and he was a big doctor in Egypt, a big popular doctor. And there were some problems in transferring his paperwork and his um, credentials and all of that from his MD license. And so he was left with two choices. He had to either start all over again, Or he would say, like, I already went through all these years of med school. I've been working for all these years. Time to just let it go. I'll even work as, like, a pharmacy tech or something. And the craziest thing that I heard was when I realized he went back to med school, (laughs) went through the whole process from the very start. And I know we all see and hear about these stories where people are actually struggling. Like when our parents came here, we're all like first, second generation immigrants from Egypt. Our parents came here expecting to fight. And the people that came here for a few days couldn't last and went back to Egypt are the people that thought America is the land of the free. I'm just going (laughs) to land in LA and just like step onto gold. Wrong expectations, right? And all our parents, we know this very well, came expecting to struggle, to fight, to give us a future. And so if we want to have a future for our salvation, expect to struggle, not just this week. Trust me, it's not just about Holy Week, but throughout our whole life, even after the resurrection, after we're eating feta and back to in and out and all that good stuff. Expect to still discipline yourself and to pray and to fast spiritually, that God may be glorified forever into the ages of all ages. Amen.